Joey, how many times do I have to tell you you have to clean your room? Kids, are you sick and tired of your parents telling you to clean up your room or take out the trash? Well, you should try moving. That's right, kids. Simply gather all your sh kiss and hug your parents goodbye and get the freak out. Dad, did you buy my chips? No, I hate it here. Have you tried moving? Moving? That's right, moving. When moving, you never have to hear your parents bickering ever again. If you choose to move today, you'll receive a lifetime supply of good luck. Try moving. Place we ain't caring about your feelings here. Yeah. Anytime, any place, you can feel it here. Steven, then you out of space, so we clear the air. Any topic, and it's safe, so just be prepared. Don't assume, keep it straight, we might keep it fair. The news page, we gon' keep it real. If you tune in, then you sick for real. Bluetooth, we took the red pill. Every image in the video, talk about it. Different views on the subject, we must talk about it. At the end of the day, we just talking, homie. Only me in the room, but it's like a party. Introducing. Steven Daniel, author, artist, all-around great guy. Hello, out-of-placers. I hope that you have all been great, and if you haven't, no worries. I'm sending you good vibes your way. So, I just saw this video on TikTok that had me rolling my eyes so hard, I think I messed up something in my brain. It was this Gen X mom complaining about how her adult children don't call her enough and how millennials just don't respect their elders. Newsflash, lady, respect is a two-way street. But here's the thing. Most of us millennials have no contact with both parents. And here's the reason. Turns out our parents are emotionally immature and treat us like we're just an extension of themselves. Hello, we're human beings too with thoughts, feelings, and guess what? We have dreams of our own. But no, they just want unconditional love like we're their little puppy dogs or something. Sorry, parent of the millennial, but we're not going to roll over and play dead just because you said so. What about this boom? The TikTok ban. While our government is worried about some silly app, I'm here like we got real problems to deal with. Like, I don't know, world peace or some sh**. I personally don't like the thought of World War III, so do something to prevent that. Or how about feeding the homeless? But nah, let's ban TikTok because it has access to our personal data. Well, guess what? So does every other social media platform out there. Facebook, Twitter, Google. They're all in bed with the government, selling our data to ad companies for money. But there is a difference. They are Chinese. You have to be an American to spy on Americans. That's the rule. But apparently TikTok is the big bad wolf here. Congress is like, TikTok is filled with salacious content of adolescents being exploited. That is a bunch of boom. TikTok's algorithm is based on everything you engage with, not some sinister plot to exploit kids. But you know what does exploit kids? Facebook. They've been fined millions for leaking user data, given access to Chinese companies that were flagged by the U.S. intelligence, and even allowed terrorists and other 
people around to create pages. But sure, let's ban TikTok because a Gen X mom is upset that her kid didn't call her enough. Sounds like a solid plan. Anyways, enough about that. Let's get this episode started. For the touchy topic, get ready for a thought-provoking episode that delves into the age-old question of what men and women really want. Our co-host Britt Nolan reminds us all that sometimes it's okay to take a break. And our other co-host, Alex Hopper, has been busy doing some incredible work in his hometown in Arkansas, helping his community recover from a devastating set of storms that tore through the area. If you haven't seen the videos or photos of the destruction, it's truly heart-wrenching. It looks like a war zone. But the people of Arkansas are resilient and have been working tirelessly to rebuild their lives. Alex is calling on all of us to lend a hand by checking out the links in the description. Every little bit helps. And let's not forget to keep Arkansas in our thoughts and prayers as they begin their long journey toward recovery. So join us and out of place in making a difference. Time to get touchy. Get ready to be triggered. Sensitive topics. Oh, look, they're about to cry. All consensus will see. Nobody likes a snowflake. What is Eva's problem today? What do women want? What do men want? Today, we're tackling those age-old questions. The answers have eluded us for centuries. But Stephen got your back as we dive into the research and experiences to uncover some common themes that can help us understand what men and women really want in a partner. Whether you're single, in a relationship, or somewhere in between, you'll want to pay attention to this segment. But before I jump into this, a quick disclaimer. While I can't speak for women, I can tell you that as an alien, and I say that because that's what I identify as, an alien, because I always feel like I'm living on a different planet than everyone else. So as far as women goes, I will do my best based on what my wife has talked about, what my female friends have talked about, and family from a women's perspective. I'll do my best. With that said, let's get started. First, I'll say the list. And then I'll go into each one. First up, women. Here are the top 10 things that they want in a partner. And it's in no particular order. So number one, we got emotional support. Two is communication. Three is respect. Four is affection. Five is shared household responsibilities. Six is trust. Seven is support. Eight is sense of humor. Nine is maturity. And 10 is sexual consideration. And now the top 10 things that men want in a partner and also in no particular order. We got number one, peace. Two, positive affirmation and encouragement. Three, affection. Four, support. Five, loyalty. Six, food. Seven, sex. Eight, respect. Nine, trust. Ten, communication. There you have it, listeners. While the list may differ, there are some clear overlaps in what men and women want in a partner. So whether you're an emotional listener or a silent gamer or a lover of ashamed activities or a foodie, there is someone out there for everyone. Let's start breaking it down. Let's get the one that seems silly to many people, but to men, it's not that silly. You've always heard that saying, a way to a guy's heart is through his belly. So when it comes to food for the men, it's more about not necessarily women cooking. That's not what I'm talking about. What men love is just randomly making him food when he didn't expect it. It could be his favorite snack. It could be a beer. You want to know 
how you give a guy flowers, the equivalent to like giving a woman flowers, it's giving him a plate of his favorite thing. Just whatever his favorite snack is. But for me, it's like, give me a sub with my favorite chips and my favorite drink on the side and I'm on top of the world. And if you did it just because and I didn't ask for it, I didn't expect it. You're just like, hey, I made this for you. Why did you do it? Just because I was thinking about you. That right there is good. So without out of the way, let's go to the more serious stuff. Let's talk about emotional support. As a husband, I've learned that being there for my wife means being her sounding board. Whether she wants to vent about her boss or chat about her sugar cookie business, I am there to listen and offer my advice if she wants the advice. I'm just ready and waiting. And let me tell you, it's done wonders for our relationship. But here's the thing. Society hasn't exactly made it easy for men to be emotionally vulnerable. From a young age, we are all taught to be strong, to suck it up, and to never let anyone see us sweat. That kind of thinking can be very toxic because it can lead men to always bottle up their feelings until they inevitably explode like a shaken bottle of champagne. In the past, this is how people would describe me, a champagne bottle. I kept all of those feelings in and then just one day I would just burst out at something so dumb. So men, don't be afraid to open up. Your partner wants to be there for you and trust me, it'll bring you closer together. And to all the ladies, I urge you to be patient with your man. If he is not used to talking about his feelings, it may take some time for him to open up. But with a little boost of encouragement and understanding, he will eventually realize that it is okay to cry, to complain, and to face his fears. Let's move on to communication. Let's start with the ladies. Yes, we men know you want to talk. And of course, we want to listen. Well, most of the time. But here's the thing. Don't punish us if you don't like the answer. We are not mind readers. We are problem solvers. We have this dumb hero instinct that kicks in and we think you're in trouble and you need our help. It's kind of hard to turn that off and realize that you don't always need a knight in shining armor to come to your rescue. Sometimes you just want to vent. You don't want to hear advice. You don't want to hear devil advocate thing. No, that's not what you want. And that's perfectly fine. Now, fellas, it's time for some tough love. You want to solve a problem? That's great. But you have to learn to listen. Women want to have a real conversation, to spend some quality time with their partner and have a meaningful connection. And if you want to know what she wants, she's ready to tell you. All you have to do is, you guessed it, listen. She will tell you. You just have to pay attention. And a lot of men don't pay attention. And it takes practice to be an intuitive and empathetic listener. But it's also worth it. So let's make a deal. Ladies, don't punish us if you don't like the answer. And fellas, put that hero instinct on hold and just listen. If we work on our communication skills, you would have a damn great relationship. And who doesn't want that? Let's move on to respect. It's no secret that women want to be treated with respect and kindness. If you take her for granted or treat her poorly, she's going to want to run out the door faster than you can say, True international suffer pressure. And ladies, if you really want to know what kind of person you're dealing with, just watch how he treats others. Is he kind to his friends and family? Does he treat strangers with courtesy, like the waitstaff at a restaurant? And on the subject of respect, I want to talk about the N-word, misogynist. It's a label that's thrown around a lot these days. But do people really know what it means? I don't think so. But here's what it means. A misogynist is someone who dislikes, despises, or is prejudiced against women. 
But what about misandry? That's the term for people who hate, despise, or are prejudiced against men. And here's the truth. These modern feminists are not feminists. They fall into that category. We need to stop with the man-hating and start advocating for equality. One thing men crave is acceptance. They want to be loved for who they are, flaws and all. So stop trying to change him and just love him for who he is. I feel like you're all pissed off because you picked wrong and you're stuck. It's not his fault. Like I said before, there's somebody out there that doesn't have to change and is perfect for you. So I'll say it again. Stop trying to change him and just love him for who he is. And listeners, let's stop fighting dirty. I've seen some nasty arguments in my day, and the ones who fight dirty are usually the ones who are on the losing side. So pick your battles wisely and don't lose your cool over something trivial like a broken dish. Because dishes can be replaced, but a relationship that's been destroyed by disrespecting each other is much harder to fix. Let's move on to affection. Women want to feel loved and appreciated. And it's not that hard to make him feel that way. Guys, sometimes all it takes is a simple I love you or a surprise gift to show your woman that you care. And don't forget about those romantic dinners. All of those things that seem little to you can be a game changer. So let's talk about something really important, fellas. Pursuing your partner. When you first started dating, you did everything you could to win her over, right? And then you suddenly stopped. Hello, McFly. She didn't want to stop being pursued. She chose you because of the attention and effort you put in. So why not keep it going? And here's a little secret. Be your partner's best friend. What do I mean? Spend quality time together by doing something you both enjoy and watch your intimacy skyrocket. Plus, it's just fun to have someone you can be silly with and share your weird quirks with. The big, big, big giant secret is that you have to learn the love language, which I'll cover in a little bit. It's like cracking the code to your partner's heart. So I'm going to explain it to you in a little bit so that you can learn how your partner wants to receive love so that you could give it to them in the way they want it. It will make a huge difference. So stay tuned for that. Let's move on to sharing household responsibilities. Gender roles have been around since God knows when, but let's be real. It's outdated as fuck. Men were expected to bring home the bacon to do a bunch of stuff around the house while women are supposed to be homemakers and take care of the kids. But guess what? It's 2023 and we're not living in a black and white world anymore. Couples come in all shapes and sizes and gender roles are no longer a thing you have to follow. Ladies, if you want a man to show you that he cares, ask him to pitch in with the household chores. Ask him. Now, don't play games. Don't expect him to mind read. Just say, hey, can you help me with the laundry? Can you clean the toilet? Can you cook dinner once in a while? Can you put the kids to bed? Can you help me with grown-ups? And fellas, don't wait to be asked to do all of that. Be proactive and show your partner that you're not afraid to get your hands dirty. Because let's face it, nothing is sexier than a man who knows how to clean a kitchen properly. The key is to work together as a team, no matter how unconventional it may seem. So forget about what society tells you to do and focus on what works best for you and your partner. Let's move on to trust and honesty. When it comes to relationships, trust is important. A man who is trustworthy is more appealing to a woman. He has to be dependable, truthful, and genuine. Women want a partner who they can trust and rely on. And over time, trust will grow. And you have to remember, you got to be realistic. You both are going to fuck up at some point. How do you get through it? By working on it so that you both can build a relationship where you both can speak freely without worrying. So when something does fuck up, it's not going to be as intense. It's not going to be as big. 
Now, when it comes to trust for men, it's not just about cheating and all that. Men want to know that their partner is going to be in it for the long run. Most breakups and divorces are initiated by women. Men tend to stick out a relationship longer. If a man loves his partner, he will more than likely be in it for the long run. All women have to do is to show their man that they won't leave. Simple. And of course, when you talk about trust, you have to talk about being faithful. So when it comes to cheating, there are many people who won't agree with me. And I'll tell you why. Number one, don't put yourself in a situation to begin with. I remember a while back when I was close to doing that and I had a friend. His name was Willie. And he told me, how do you won't cheat? Don't put yourself in a situation. Because I gave him a scenario. Hey, what if I go out and nothing happens? But he goes, well, don't put yourself in a situation. And I'm like, oh, what if I go out and I, I don't do anything, but that person kisses me. He's like, well, you put yourself in a situation. So that's number one. So before my oldest was born, we lived in Key West for a few years. And it was just us. Things were bad. Still in the beginning of our marriage. And there was many opportunities to cheat. Very easy to just fuck somebody. It was Key West, Florida. It's a land for adults. Think of the vibe in uh, Vegas and take away the casino and put it on the beach. That's on a small island. Key West can be very crazy and very easy. But you know what I did? I didn't want to put myself in a situation. So when I had the opportunity to go out, so when people like coworkers would invite me all the time, hey, you want to go bar hopping? You want to go to this club? You want to do that? I would say, nah, I, I would stay home. I would get chubby and be like, oh, especially with my wife. She had duty a lot when she had to spend the night at base. So I'm here by myself. And this was all the time. I had opportunities, but I remember what Willie said. Don't put yourself in a situation. So I never got in bed in anybody. I never went to a hotel to somebody. I don't think I have the balls to do that. You know why? Because I'm an uh, emotional lover and I feel like I have to have a connection. I rarely made the first move. As a teenager and a young adult, I didn't have the balls to do it. I was scared of rejection, so I never had the balls to go all the way. So I always felt like you have to get to know somebody. So I feel like if I had the opportunity and there was a naked woman right in front of me, we're kissing, I don't think I could get a heart on to fuck somebody. So that's that. So now let's talk about jealousy, right? It's okay to be jealous, healthy jealousy. And please, I've seen this all around on social media. Don't make it a game. I've seen men who make their partners jealous just to get a reaction. And it almost always backfires. Don't play with emotions. As for me, when it comes to jealousy, I have to work extra hard as an introvert to be friendly in social situations. It's exhausting. I would prefer to be by myself. And also, the closer I am to someone, the more comfortable I am. But when it's strangers, even just talking on a phone is just exhausting for me. And many of you introverts will understand what I'm talking about. But every now and then, a woman will cross the line and my wife will get a little jealous. And that's perfectly okay, as long as just a little jealousy. We all have our limits. So the important thing to do is to communicate and respect each other's boundaries. That's it. Let's move on to support. Support is a crucial element in any relationship and it works both ways. When partners support each other and stand together, they create a strong bond that can get through anything. Men in particular often try to seem tough and independent, but deep down, they crave approval and admiration from their partners. Ladies, you fantastic, beautiful women. It's not that complicated. Just give your man a compliment every now and then. Trust me, it will make his day. Men want to feel noticed and appreciated, and a little bit of admiration can go a long way. But supporting each other goes beyond just giving compliments. Men also want their partners to believe in their dreams and cheer them on. Every man wants to know that their partner is by 
his side, helping to reach that ultimate goal he has. And women have their own aspirations too, which men should be there to support and encourage. Support and encourage each other to reach those dreams and goals. Stand together and you will both be unstoppable. Let's move on to sense of humor. Life can be serious at times, and that's where humor comes in. It's a great way to relieve stress and connect with others. Men have a knack for making women laugh, and it's one of the reasons why they are so appealing. But you don't have to be a professional comedian to make your partner laugh. And sometimes, all it takes is a silly joke or a funny face to lighten the mood. The key is to let go your inhibitions and just have fun fun. Women, I know you have a lot on your plate, but don't forget to take a break and have some laughs with your man. It will do wonders for your relationship. Men, don't be afraid to be silly and let loose. Your partner will love you for it. And women, please let them be silly and let loose. In the beginning, my wife would always roll her eyes when I was being silly. And for a while, I'm like, oh, well, I can't really be silly in front of her. And then one day she changed her view on it and she started enjoying seeing me as me, me wanting to be silly because she saw me being silly with her brother. She saw me being silly with our kids and she enjoyed it. Life can be tough, but that doesn't mean we can't enjoy ourselves. Remember to laugh and enjoy the little things in life. As the saying goes, laughter is the best medicine. Let's talk about maturity. Maturity is a tricky thing. It's not just about how old you are, but how you handle yourself. A man who is mature is like fine wine. He gets better with age and women love wine. But seriously, maturity is about being responsible and able to handle your sh** when things get tough. It's about being able to communicate openly and honestly without being a dick about it. And if you could do that, you'll be light years ahead of those boys out there. Now, when it comes to women and maturity, owning up to your stuff is important. We all make mistakes, but it's how you handle those mistakes that really matter. Women, if you fuck up, just own up to it and make it right. Don't make the fight bigger than it needs to be because it's so damn exhausting. And let's not forget confidence. Confidence is a part of being mature. Women love a man who is confident, but not in an obnoxious Andrew Tate kind of way. It's about knowing who you are and what you want, and going after it with a positive attitude. And if you could do that without being a total egomaniac, men, you would be the perfect catch. So to all the men out there, if you want to be the kind of guy that women really want, focus on being mature, responsible, and confident. And if you can make her laugh along the way, even better. Now let's talk about sex. Intimacy is a beautiful thing, but let's be honest, sometimes it can be a little stale. So I want to spice things up a little bit. Gentlemen, if you want to keep the fire burning in the bedroom, it's time to step up your game. No more laziness. No more half-ass attempts at pleasing your woman. Women want a man who pays attention to her body and their desires. And ladies, it's time to stop being so damn coy. If you want it, say it. If you want to try something new, suggest it. And you know what? There's many women out there who don't know how to tease a man, how to go about it. And that's fine. Not everybody knows. But I'll tell you one, a straight man loves those booty shorts with that ass crease. And to all the LGBT plus peeps who are offended by me saying straight guys, sorry, but not sorry. Y'all need straight people to make more of y'all. But let's not get caught up in semantics. We all need each other to keep this world turning, right? You agree with me? I hope you do. Back to the topic at hand. Here are five things that men want in bed. They want to be in control. They want you to dirty talk. They want you to moan. And if you have to fake it, fake it, but do a good job. Men want oral and they want you to initiate. That's it. 
We all know men want physical intimacy, but there's nothing less sexy than begging and and fight. Oh, we don't have sex anymore. We haven't had sex, blah, blah, blah. Because now she's going to go into it, getting all hot and ready. And guess what? She's not really in the mood. She's not going to be as wet. She's not going to be into it. It's going to take her forever to... And you're sitting there, walking her, expecting her, wanting her to... But she ain't going to be there. She's not there. You want her to be present. So, men, my recommendation, and it's going to be hard, is to just wait for your women to initiate. This is when you work out to increase your endurance, your strength, so that when she's ready, you're there. Your game. You want her during the session or even afterwards to think, why don't we f- often? And ladies, I'm going to say it again for the love of all that is holy. Initiate. Your man will love you for it. But let's not get hung up on sex. Romance is just as important. It's the little things that count too. Leave a sexy note for your partner to find. Give a gentle kiss on the cheek or simply hold hands. It's these gestures of love that keep the passion burning, that keep you wanting more. Because you start using your imagination. You could be at work and you'd be like, oh my goodness, he left me a note. Oh my goodness, she gave me that wink. Now you're thinking about that all day. And guess what? At nighttime, sex will be even more passionate. So whether you're straight, gay, or somewhere in between, keep the dialogue open and talk about what you want and need in the bedroom. Intimacy should never feel like a chore. It's about connecting with your partner on a deep emotional level. If you're lucky, you both will end up having a damn good time. Now, let's talk about peace. This was on the men's list, but both sides can benefit from peace because it's crucial for both men and women to have their own chill space so they can regroup and relax. Nowadays, you'll find many young men indulging in video games while some women are quick to judge or nag about it, saying shit like, do you really pay for skins in a video game? And when I hear somebody say that, I just want to say, well, did you really pay for nails on nails? But no judgment. We all have our thing. We shouldn't emotionally abuse our partners for finding solace in gaming. In fact, gaming has been shown to have numerous mental health benefits and can be a great escape like I talked about in the last episode. And you women, why not try playing alongside your partner? Who knows? You might just enjoy it too. It's important for both partners to have their own interests and hobbies, to be alone. Taking an interest in your partner's hobbies can be a great way to understand them better. Don't just brush it off because it doesn't interest you. Remember, your partner still enjoys whatever it is that they do. So remember to take the time for yourself and pursue your passions, but also make an effort to learn about and appreciate your partner's hobbies. Giving each other space and respecting each other's interests can do wonders for a healthy relationship. So the list that I just gave you and all the little explanations are the things that people talk about that they want. But the big thing to know is that this list doesn't work for every single person. Every single beautiful person is different. And that's where love languages come in. So let's talk about that now. When it comes to love, there is no one size fits all solution. Just like how you can't give a toy poodle the same food as a great Dane, you can't show love to your partner the same way as you or anyone else. That's where the love languages come in. Think of it like a personalized love menu. There are five love languages. That's it. Just five. One, 
quality time. This is all about giving the other person your undivided attention. Two is physical touch. This is for the people who think that nothing speaks more deeply than a physical touch. Three is receiving gifts. This is for people who love a heartfelt gift. This is what makes them feel loved. Four is acts of service. This love language is all about actions, doing things without being told to do them. And the fifth one is words of affirmation. This is all about saying nice things. That's it. Now, let's say your partner's love language is acts of service and you decide to give the physical touch. It will be like giving an annoying vegan a burger. It's just not going to hit the spot. Your partner, even though you're touching and you're kissing and saying all the nice stuff and buying all the nice gifts, your partner still might feel neglected and unappreciated despite all of the good intentions. You often hear this complaint from men. I work all day, do all the yard work, and put a roof over her head and do everything possible to make her happy, but she still complains that I don't love her. You see, he does not know and understand her love language. So how do you find out what your love language is? All you have to do is take a small test that will take you and your partner five minutes to do. The link of the test will be in the description. And when you take the test, just be honest with yourself and your partner. Don't try to game the system or you'll end up like one of those fake people who brag about their IQ score. The test is quick, easy, and painless, unlike your last trip to the dentist. Once you take the test, send the results to each other and save it so that you can always remember how to love your partner properly. It was on point for me and my wife. Here's my results. Quality time was 33%. Physical touch, 27%. Receiving gifts, 20%. Acts of service, 13%. Words of affirmation, 7%. Right now, I don't remember my wife's numbers, and I don't have my phone with me to tell you, but I remember that her top was acts of service, and her lowest, which was zero, was gifts. So the way I feel love is if my wife and I spend alone time together. I love going on dates, driving around, going to Disney, just us. I love it. She loves it when I take care of stuff around the house that needs to be done, never having to ask me to do anything. Once you know your partner's love language, it's like having a cheat code for love. Suddenly, you'll know exactly what to do to make them feel loved and appreciated. It's like being Neo in Matrix, dodging bullets and shit. Except instead of bullets, you're dodging relationship problems. I don't care how corny that sounded. I love it. So go ahead. Take the test that Dr. Gary Chapman created. Who knows? You might even learn something new about yourself. Let's wrap up this segment. In a word of modern romance, finding love is just a swipe away. It's like ordering pizza, but with the compatibility quiz instead of toppings. Gone are the days of getting to know someone and working up the courage to ask them out. Now it's all about instant gratification. We all want answers and we want them now. So we turn to social media to ask the burning question, what do men want? What do women want? It's like we're on a never-ending quest for the holy grail of relationships. As a man, I used to think women were an enigma, a puzzle that couldn't be solved. But the Holy Spirit showed me something I couldn't see before. It wasn't that women were complicated. It was that I was approaching them with the wrong mindset. I used to joke that men were simple creatures who just wanted sex, food, and encouragement, while women wanted the moon and the stars and all the passwords. But the truth is, we all want the same thing. We all want love and understanding. 
That's why understanding your partner's love language is so important. Once I started applying this concept to my relationship, everything changed. I no longer had to guess what my wife was thinking or feeling. I knew because I spoke her love language. I got lucky because the Holy Spirit gave me that information before I even heard of this test years ago. It wasn't always easy as I made it seem. Before the summer of 2015, my wife and I were constantly at odds. We will fight about everything from the dishes to work, everything. But one night after attending an event, we found ourselves in a heated argument in the van. Right there to myself, I prayed for guidance as I was driving back to the house. And then I had a revelation. I took my wife's hand and spoke to her calmly. And she felt the same connection I did instantly. We both realized that it was us against the world and we needed to forgive each other so that we could move forward. If we had given into the hate, we probably would have ended up divorced. So if you're struggling in your relationship, take a step back and try to understand your partner's love language. And remember, it's not about men versus women. It's about love and understanding. Your mom's a holy moly You won't learn anything Except moaning on your neighbor's ring That's what you get when you listen to What the brick You'll realize that we're all just pieces of shit Too blind with poopy rats on his ass me why I'm so high Drop the pants and show off your big giant ballroom Use it the place where we can all play Together forever and ever Here is Brit sitting on the beat If you don't relax now Your body will pick a day for you. I read that quote about a month ago and I said, hmm, that makes a lot of sense. And then I proceeded to put the pedal to the metal and grind out a bunch of stuff across my to-do list. I am 30 weeks pregnant. I have a toddler, but I always feel like I'm lazy. My dad likes to remind me that ladies in third world countries go picking produce and then they stop right in the middle of the field. They deliver their baby and then they get right back to work. Even though I know that it's implausible, he still has a way of making me feel like I'm not doing enough. And my doctor even did that to me this morning by saying she is 33 weeks pregnant and she's still checking on me. Way to go, me. Being lazy in the nick of time. Anyways, I just drove 2,000 miles across the country from Las Vegas to Pensacola, Florida. And I did this two times within a span of a month solo with a toddler in my backseat. And I'm still pregnant. On our way home, I get notified by the people watching our house that it is currently infested with fleas swarming everywhere and that I do not want to go inside. So I spend a couple days at my parents' house trying to figure out how I'm going to handle the fleas, listening to them fight about tedious little BS things like wiping crumbs off the counter or, you know, you snore too loud. And it's stressful. They also are smokers and I am not. So you can see how the environment might not be the most kosher. Then I start to feel a familiar back pain. I call my midwife and I go in for a check. She confirms that I'm having contractions. She does the dreadful cervix check. I'm four centimeters dilated, 60% effaced, and only 31 weeks pregnant. Pre-me babies, 
are babies that are born less than 35 weeks. Ideally, full-term babies are 37 to 38 weeks. It really kind of depends on how your body works, but, you know, babies 35 weeks and less are pretty much guaranteed to be in the NICU, and I still have a month to go. So my midwife gives me Tordal, which is a muscle relaxer, and my contractions pretty much instantly stop, but because I'm so dilated, I still end up getting admitted to the hospital. The first few days, I'm drugged up. The drugs that they're giving me, I'm not allowed to eat on. Not eating pretty much guarantees the that you're kind of putting your body in a vulnerable state and you might then go into premature labor. So anyways, what I'm saying is today I'm recording this because I want to be a warning to you. It's true. Your body has limits. Don't fool yourself thinking you can do it all. I'm pretty much bedridden until I go back into labor. And hopefully that's not for another five weeks. I don't want to have my new baby living in the NICU. So if you pray... Please pray for me. And pray for the fleas to leave my house. My husband's trying to get rid of them, but those pesky bitches are relentless. One flea lived several months with no food, and their food is blood. And there was no blood-ridden things hanging out in my house, but I still got fleas. It's like an act of God. I mean, maybe somebody walked into my house that was watching my house and got bit by a flea, dropped off the flea, and it just proceeded to whip out a bunch of eggs. But, uh, you know, I don't want to point any fingers. There was multiple people helping me out during the the time that I was away. It's life. When it rains, it pours. This might be a tangent, but again, what I'm really trying to say is that it's okay to take a break. Don't let the world fool you into thinking that you're not allowed to slow down. You know, in, in my case, I'm kind of having to slow down because if I don't, then I put another person, the person inside me, at Jeopardy. And that wouldn't be a very good introduction for my baby into the world. It wouldn't be a very good thing to do. My first present to my baby is a month stay in a hospital hooked up to a bunch of cords, staring at bright lights in the ceiling. So I'm hanging on, hanging on by a thread. It could happen at any moment now. And I just have to wait it out and ask for a bunch of help that I'm not used to receiving. This is a a very different episode for me for Out of Place, but I feel like it's fitting to just kind of cement this and let you know that it's okay. It's okay to take a break, even though I'm trying to convince myself of that right now as I pretty much have done nothing but sleep and eat for the last few days. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. We always appreciate your feedback and would love to hear your thoughts on this episode. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to leave them in the comment section or on social media. We love hearing from our listeners and we're always looking for new topics to explore. And if you enjoyed this episode, we also invite you to submit a rating on whatever you're listening to this episode on. Also, please share it with your friends and family. We'd love to reach even more people with our content. Thanks for tuning in and we'll be back next month with another episode. Listeners, remember that you matter, that you are love, that you are unique, that you are the only you in the world, and I am so very grateful that you chose to hang out with us. We love you. We appreciate you. Goodbye, and always remember to smile.